Walk out the door, you see someone that you know, and they ask you how you are, and you just have to say that you're fine. Yeah. Okay. really fine but you just can't get into it because they would never understand hello you're listening to you okay hun a weekly advice podcast i'm your host 78 squirrels in a jacket dave <laughs> i'm mona lisa queen of the harpies warlock and we're gonna oh you, you threw me off a curveball with a warlock there yeah thanks and we're gonna combine our years of experience listening to people complain and our complete lack of qualifications to solve a mixture of your problems and funny problems other people had that we found on the internet. I will read the problems. My spiritual mentor, Mona Lisa, will do the emotional labour, provide the realness, and guide us to a workable solution. Or at least that's how it's supposed to work. Mm-hmm. You ready for this, uh, my passive-aggressive attempt to get people to review the podcast? Yes. You ready for that? Yes, So passive-aggressive that three whole people reviewed the podcast last week. Yeah, pretty passive-aggressive, eh? Look, I'm not saying that things that I deem unlikable will maybe perhaps not work. It's just if you want to lower yourself to that, which apparently you do. Bitch, I was born in the gutter. Oh, that's lies. You were born with a pure silver spoon in your mouth, you little prince fault. I was born with like a well-polished iron spoon in my mouth. Like I had the spoon and it was very, it was a good spoon, but it wasn't quite silver. Oh, I'm bored of you already. Do you enjoy this podcast? Would you like to help us grow? What if I was to tell you that you could do that, but without having to get up, go anywhere, spend any money, or talk to anyone? Well, you can. Subscriptions, reviews, and recommendations really help us to reach a wider audience, so please take 30 seconds to subscribe, review this podcast, wherever you listen to it, and tell a friend how hilarious, charming, and helpful we are. We'd also love for you to submit your problems. It can be your problem, a friend's problem, a problem you found somewhere else, or fuck it. You can even make it up because we would never know. To submit problems, you can tweet us at UOKHunPodcast. You can email us at UOKHunPodcast at gmail.com. And if you want to stay 100% anonymous, you can leave us a message at CuriousCat.me slash UOKHun. These links will be in the show description. Thank you very much to everyone who uh, reviewed last week. We have officially won podcasts. Not yet. No? Almost. Oh. <laughs> I thought we won. Right. Is this winning to you? Well, some people did a review, so and I, and I did say that's how you win podcasts. So. Yeah, that's true. But we need more reviews to win podcasts, fully. What, like seven reviews or something? <laughs> yes. See. I feel like that's just a weird sound. It's the arm of the couch that's making that sound. Yes, definitely. <laughs> oh, my pure creaky old bones or my fucking drafty old butthole. Your knees the other day were so terrified with them moving, making that sound. We had grinding sound. Yeah, my knees don't. I'm, I'm doing super well. Uh, I'm I in my like, mid thirties, but I have like the bone health of like a mummy from Egypt in the olden days. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, it's a good, it's a good indication of how well this I'm, is going to go. I'm out. Podcast over. That's yeah. yeah. Thanks for listening. Love you. Bye. One minute. We we're gonna have some like. We'll chat some like casual chat casual, before. Casual I, can't, chat. I can't remember what we're doing. Do you know what? I was about. just thinking that we started. I had all these ideas in my head for like casual chat we could have at the start, and as soon as the recording went on, I was just like, Wait, what? I have nothing. Yeah, I have nothing also. What's happened? Oh, should we talk about the baby names? Yes. So, 
Okay, let me lead on this one. Okay. You, re- you really <laughs> fucked this up last time. I'm not going to lie. You really ruined this for me last time. So a, a while ago, I had a really funny anecdote I wanted to tell on the podcast. And Lisa just ruined it by blurting out the punchline. That's true. <laughs> if you haven't listened to that, I'm going to just give you a summary. Basically, I know someone um, who was... To, uh, have, her friend was having a baby at the time. And the midwife was like, what have you called it? And, you know, she was like, I don't know, Brian or Sarah or something. You know, a, normal, a kind of a bog standard name. And the midwife was like, oh, thank God. Today we've already had two Chardonnays and one child whose birth name was Pocahontas. Now, this I, is, I this mean, is, I admire that. This is Scotland. So A, cultural appropriation. B, I'm entirely sure the person that chose that name does not understand the she's, you know, she's significance. She's really, really like, oh, I love that Disney film. Yeah. Like our other options were like The Little Mermaid and Mulan. <laughs> this is my like... daughter, The Lion King. <laughs> um, so yeah, Pocahontas. But this, the person who told me this story also came at me with what I think probably trumped it a couple of days ago. So again, twins. I've done. I've been through this with Lisa, so I can't tell her fresh. So you won't get the, like the na- good natural organic laughter or whatever. But twins, one of them Dolce, other one Gabbana. Yeah, which is spectacular. These are my children, also. Dolce and Gabbana. Spectacular, really spectacular name choices. Yeah, totally. And part of me is like, no, I respect that. I respect that. Giving your kids ridiculous names. Just get you started off in a really great life. What would you want to call your kid if you wanted one, but you don't? Mm. You want to call a cat Miss Diana Ross? No, I'm over that now because I don't want girl cats, so I only have boy cats. So, so boys can be called. And our Diana cats, Ross. Ca- I mean, okay, explain our cat's name. Dave chose Berbatov's name. He's a Bulgarian footballer. I like him. And Torsten is a Norwegian forest cat and was named that. By his breeder, it's like a, and it just suited him. And do you know what infuriates so me about it. this, right? Yeah, we did keep it, but for a while we were going to call him Benedict, <laughs> after like the Pope or the God or whoever the fuck Benedict is. I don't know much about Catholicism. That's a thing, right? There's someone called Benedict. Anyway, right. So we want to call him Benedict, right? And this is going back a few years before the height of Benedict Cumberbatch fame. And I was just like, yes, we absolutely have to do that because the first time I catch him sleeping in a beam of sun, I'm going to take a picture, I'm going to put it on Instagram, and the caption is going to be the Benedict slumber patch, which is hilarious. Right. But, I mean, I feel like you should just, like, consider naming things much more thoroughly than just for one photo if they happen Uh, to be in a sun patch. Disagree. Mm. Yeah, I, I live. Don't know. I live for content, Lisa. If I had an an actual human child, like Lucifer or something, I don't know. What about what about calling it John Snow? Because uh, what about calling it Daenerys? Oh, there's what so many. What about calling it call Tyrion? Because that's, I mean, that's this is going to happen. Like we're going to be having that already this... has happened. I think yeah. Arya was like one of the most popular girl names. Of that's like at least a cute name. Yeah, that that makes sense. I mean, I'm really here for people that call their kids like Keanu. Yeah, big into Keanu. That's a or strong name. Or what else? Just spurt. <laughs> just spurt. Oh, just I thought you called spurt. I thought it was my child, <laughs> spurt. Uh, no, just burp. Something really ugly. You know, like, it's not cute at all. Yeah. Chucky. Oh, Chucky. That's a great name. Like Rugrats. Chucky for Rugrats. 
Yeah. Yeah, Chucky. Do you or know, from actual Chucky. Do you know the American uh, food thing, Chucky Cheese? Yeah. Do you know that the guys, the, 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 the mouse who's Chucky Cheese, uh. his actual name is Charles E. Entertainment? Oh, really? Yeah, that's the full name, Chucky e. Cheese, Charles E. Entertainment. Great, great tidbit no, for No, sorry, anyone. no, wait, no, Charles Entertainment Cheese. <laughs> no that one cares, no one cares. I definitely guess. Charles, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Chucky e. Cheese, it's Charles Entertainment Cheese. If you cheese. had a real kid, what would you call it? Charles Entertainment Cheese. Because <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing, that's my granddad's name, Charles, not Charles, <laughs> Charles Entertainment Cheese. Oh my God, it's And I love when people would be like, oh, is that for your granddad? No. Right, okay. For the, the Chucky e. Cheese mouse. Yes, that's exactly right. My hero, my icon in life, the Chuck E. Cheese Mouse. Maybe we should just go with Disney names. Although, I'm not a huge fan of Disney or any of their bullshit. But no. Disney names could be good. You could have a daughter called Beauty yeah. and then a son called The Beast. Well, Disney was a fascist. <sighs> yeah, he also just made terribly sexist films. And racist. And people are always like, oh, but now there's like Frozen or whatever. And she didn't need no man. I'm like, what, it took us to this long <laughs> right. to get some fucking annoying bitch who yeah, doesn't, those, tell you doesn't what, need saved. Ugh. Yeah, also, those fucking Song of the South dollars paid for that technological advancement well, to make that CGI there is film. That. There so, is that. Yeah, check your privilege, Disney I just fans. never really liked Disney films as a kid. Nah. Apart from Aladdin. Aladdin beats everything. I had a video of a Disney thing. I don't remember what it is. I'm not sure why I went down this avenue. Mm. I just remember because the song... I had a video where the Song of the South advert was on the start. That's why I know what Song of the South is. But I could not for the life of you tell you what the, the video is. Funny that I remember the racist advert and not the film that I had on Was it something weird and shit like Fantasia? I think it was like Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers. Was that a Disney thing? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, I had, I had, well, I had a video of that. I definitely remember. I used to like that. Remember there, were, like, there was the mouse and he was called Monterey Jack because that's the cheese and mice like cheese. <laughs> Going back again, full circle, Charles Entertainment <laughs> Cheese. It's a real late motif of the podcast here. Just cheese related and mouse names. <laughs> don't, don't know why that's happened. <laughs> No idea why that's happened. Oh god, we should just start, right? I feel like this little right? section where we just chat's not a good idea. Imagine the whole podcast, we didn't have like a concept, this is what we did for an hour. It'd be well, awful. Yeah, plus I'm kind of embarrassed, I got so ranty last week. You did? I was threatening to stab so many people up. Yeah, you're really, uh, you're really self-conscious about your stabbiness. I don't, I don't know if, like, is that some sort of, I mean, I guess ultimately it's the threat of violence publicly announced. Yeah, but who is that for again? Who are you going to stab? Burglars. <laughs> <laughs> Burglars. Yeah, okay, now that is probably a bit of a line. Um, thankfully, no one has... Like, if it ooh, happens, ooh, if it ooh. happens, if we get broken into it and I stab them, yeah. it's, like, premeditated because I've already announced my... Totally. ...drive to do that. Right, before we start, content warning. Yes. Um, I actually don't think we're doing anything that's necessarily particularly um, difficult for people with trauma to listen to Let's this week. just do it every week anyway. Content warning. Basically, content warning, we're probably going to say uh, some shit that might mess you up uh, about things. Uh, so, yeah, oh, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I know. I don't, I'm, I'm looking at the problems here. I don't think there's anything that's necessarily particularly triggering. However, in future episodes, if there is something, we will attempt to do that. Okay? Yeah. Okay, awesome. Right. Should we, should we just... Yeah, let's the first dive moment? in. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> Problem number one. Hello, Mona Lisa and Dave. I do so detest relying on the help of others, especially to crashing bores such as yourselves. Ugh. 
but desperate times call for desperate measures. Oh, I know who it is. I've always spoken in my mind, either through the time-honoured, wildian tradition of dazzling wit, or through the clunky, laborious prose I exhibited in my roundly panned attempt at fiction, or, more recently, through thinly veiled racist essays on my website, and it's almost been my goal to educate the troglodytes, who have, in fairness, kept me financially comfortable for three decades by hoovering up records, merchandise and tickets whenever I bother to release my increasingly watered-down and jingoistic music. Some say it's getting worse because I've lost the passion, but honestly, it's because I've alienated any decent musicians from working with me by being a nasty old scold. Recently, I wanted to dip my toe into the water for politics. I was looking for some publicity, then I found some publicity, and heaven knows I'm miserable now. I'm afraid the aforementioned essay on my website has attracted some quite negative attention from the media, or rather, to borrow a phrase from the ham-faced racist old men on Twitter that I'm turning into, the mainstream media. Due to my effete nature, mysterious sexuality, and genuinely substantial contribution to British music and culture in the 1980s, I've been able to skirt the line between subversive provocateur and bigoted reactionary. But that joke isn't funny anymore. Generation Victim, a hilarious name for all the loony left snowflakes that I saw in the comments of the Britain First Facebook page that I am a fan of, have cried bloody murder just because I think it's possible to reconcile the idea that I'm not a racist and hate fascists with the idea that everyone should vote for a political party that was formed because the founders were too racist and too fascist for UKIP. Stop me if you think you've heard this one before. Sure, this isn't the first time I've quoted controversy, but in these divisive times, this may be the outburst that sinks me. You might have thought it was the time that I demanded the Mayor of London apologise for the bomb attacks in Manchester because he's a Muslim. Or the time I said the gates of England are flooded with immigrants. Or the time I endorsed Nigel Farage. Or the time I called Chinese people a subspecies. Or the time I defended Kevin Spacey and Harvey Weinstein against allegations of sexual abuse. Or when I decided those allegations were true, but the victims were asking for it. Or when I suggested Jamie Oliver should cook his own children. Or when I called reggae a glorification of black supremacy. Or when I decided the mass shooting of 77 people by Anders Breivik was nothing compared to what McDonald's does every day. Or any of the other countless reactionary nonsenses I've spewed over the years. What difference does it make? Last night I dreamt that somebody loved me, but when I woke up, I realise that actually, everyone fucking hates me. What can I do? I'm not willing to give up a single one of my antiquated, contrary and ultimately fascist beliefs. I've been saying this stuff since the 80s. Seriously. Just read the lyrics to National Front Disco. Why does everyone have a problem with it now though? I know it's over, but I started something I couldn't finish. Please help me out. Yours, Stephen Morrissey. Oh. Yeah, you look so defeated by that. I was. I normally get like a little chuckle out of the letter, but but she wrote, not me. I mean, to be honest, part of me. What was that about the Jamie Oliver eating, cooking his kids? Are you kind of with that? A little yeah, bit? I'm with that part. That's the, the only part I was with. I mean, he said that Jamie Oliver should be gassed, which I'm. I right also with. am okay I with. I don't that know too. if Jamie Oliver's kids really deserve to suffer the same fate. I don't know. 
They're a little bit blameless. I I can't even express my hatred for Jamie Oliver. Okay. I just can't even, I just can't do it. I can't, like, just on me and him on a personal level, I really hate him. Let's be real here. Morrissey has said a lot of terrible, awful things that I completely wholeheartedly agree with. Anytime he talks about the British royal family, I am just like, yes, Morrissey, preach, yes, God. Can we just, again, this is really, like, a tough one for me. Again, it's like the RuPaul thing. Like, I used to be such a huge Morrissey fan. I've been to see him twice. Yep. <sighs> but but it's time. It's time. It's time, and it's been it. time for a long time, and uh, yeah, it's it's been coming. Yeah. It's the thing is with Morrissey, um, and you know he, I guess he kind of in, in oh, he, what's the word? I don't know what you're trying to say. Neither do I. Apparently. Okay. He intimated in his letter. That he has always been like that. But also that he's always kind of skirted this line. It's kind of like, oh, is Morrissey going to say something provocative? Well, I Does think, he mean yeah, it? And he's, like, he's completely played, kind of kind of delicately kept that balance of mm. being a provocateur and being problematic. Yeah. Um, and I brought up that song National Front Disco, which is like from the 80s, where he basically wrote a song about... Uh, a young man called David, no relation to me, uh, not all Davids are the same person, didn't know if you knew that, um, who joined the National Front and everyone was like, oh, why? But the song was kind of like, yeah, you know why. You you know why. It's, it's kind of like, uh, it's like, oh, you know, what other choice does a young Englishman have? And um, Morrissey, of course, very famously in Finsbury Park um, at that Mad, Mad Stock, which is like a madness concert, decided it would be a great idea to drape himself in the Union Jack to get all the actual Nazi skinheads to the front. Um, and, you know, so he could, like, bask in their adoration. And he's always carried that kind of contingent of, like, very quintessentially British racist I as think, a fan, you know? So, right, you're making me feel bad. Like, I should never have been his fan, because no, he's but, always been like this. But this is the thing, is that he, but then he's, but he's always been like, I hate fascists. That's the thing. In that article he put on his website he said I hate racism and I hate fascism in every form but you should all vote for well, um, but what's weird Britain as well is obviously like everything that he's about within the type of music that he was in within the kind of art- artistic sensibilities that he has mm-hmm. with his very ambiguous kind of identity and sexuality mm-hmm. you almost feel like for him to have those views you almost don't believe it because for for a long time, I mean, obviously not anymore. It's very clear, but for a long time, I think you could tell yourself, no, surely he's not that person because of these things, mm-hmm. because those things seem a complete opposite of those. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and so it's it's very confusing, and uh, it's so hard. I mean, I actually wrote an article about this. I think it was for, I think it was for fashion. For your heroes let you down, yeah, yeah, about your heroes letting you down. And that's something that's happening more and more. Obviously, we talked about RuPaul. One of the other people I talked about was John Galliano. Who is, if I think of my, besides Alexander McQueen, if I think of my most favourite shows of all time, if I think of the most iconic outfits of all time, if I think of the most, the best collections of all time, they all just happen to be John Galliano. Mm. And you know, he's obviously had his problematic anti-Semitic moment 
and it's so hard. It's such a, a difficult thing to come to terms with. Mm. And it goes in, and I know we have this conversation a lot, and I think we're going to need to have it more and more. Yes. As more of our idols become, you know, exposed for the pure monsters that they are. Yeah. Can we separate art from artists? And if so, what are the kind of rules around that? And yeah. I think, and I guess for me to really, like, really from what I'm very initially to kind of really simply put it, I think it depends on the circumstances a lot of the time. Yeah, I'd say so. You know, I think if someone has done a dumb thing yeah. and shows remorse and all of these things, then I think you could possibly work on separating those two. Yeah, I think, you know, I, I, it's not a great secret that we live in a very kind of staunch call-out culture now. And, you know, I, I'm, I always try to put this to people, you know, when something, when someone says that, look at Shania Twain, um, yesterday or the day before. Um, and I get where Shania Twain was coming from. She said she would have voted for Trump if she'd been an American citizen at the time. Not, but she, but she did, but she didn't mean I would vote for Donald Trump. What she meant was it was a protest vote. He was someone different. He was a populist. And yeah. it's in uh, some people just will never understand this because they still believe that democracy is genuine. Mm. But it's a basically it's a vote against the status quo, and she wanted change, and that's a sentiment felt by a lot of people. Now, I would never in a million years say I would vote for Donald Trump to achieve that. No, you're really falling but, on your sword yeah, there, but like, I, but yeah, you get the you get the idea yeah. behind it. Yeah. And you know, the, the problem is now. I always like to say this to people. You know, we as a culture, collectively, are in the process of jumping on Sinai Twain and ripping her to shreds over it. You know, the thought pieces are out there, the news cycle is going to have Shania Twain for 48 hours, we're going to fucking rip her to bits, everyone's going to say, Shania Twain's cancelled, grrr, or whatever, and then, you know, she's going to be left a husk. Now, we, as people who are good, generally believe in restorative justice. We don't believe in things like capital punishment. So why is it that it's okay to decimate someone for speaking out of line, Completely. but if someone commits a crime, it's like, well, they need to be rehabilitated back into society. People do need to be rehabilitated. I think someone like Shania Twain, who immediately apologised and said, no, that's not what I meant, I'm really sorry for saying that, is very different to someone like Chris Brown, for example, well, I don't who is an abuser think and is still should... famous 10 years later and has never apologised. I don't even think apologized. she should necessarily even apologise for that, because... Her point wasn't that she supports Donald Trump, but like people are being very reactionary and they're not understanding her. Like you said, democracy. Even though I'm so glad you finally came on board, what yes. I've been saying for a very long time, democracy isn't fucking real. No. I mean, that's probably a really bold statement to some people, but now that doesn't mean vote for Donald Trump. Like, let's God, face no. it, like something needed to change, especially within America with all politics, mm-hmm. but voting the insane person and is not going to fucking do anything. Like, you're just making things worse. So, yeah, what Shania Twain said was misguided. Oh, yeah, incredible. But not completely incorrect in wanting to kind of change up the status quo. So her kind of intentions were in the right place. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, I think, for example, yeah, Chris Brown created such a such a horribly fucking disgusting crime and a lot of it is as well how people react to it once it happens like he has never shown any sort of an ounce of remorse nope or anything anything. no he's just a piece of shit and 
I, I guess it's the same kind of thing with Morrissey. Like, you kind of give him a certain amount of chances. You give people the benefit of the doubt if yeah. you are such a fan. And then, you know, there's a point where you're just like, I know this is too far. Yeah. Like, I know it's like a, a thing people joke about is that when someone, like, like, like perfect example, David Bowie dies, the, the thing people say is, ah, he, you know, they make fun of it for people say, like, oh, he, he taught me it was okay to be weird. But in reality, like, when I was a young man, the existence of someone like Morrissey was just like, holy shit, like, mm. that's that's a thing I can be. Like, I can be intelligent and successful and erudite, but I don't need to be macho about it. You know, I can have, I can be witty and write these beautiful, I mean, beautiful lyrics. Morrissey is an incredible beautiful. lyricist. A distinctive voice. Johnny Marr rules. The Smiths make amazing music. Yeah, completely. But he's a fucking... He's always been a fucking actual racist. And it's just now, with the context of... Now we, now you can say... Do you know what I mean? Like, if it walks like a duck and talks, quacks like a duck, it's probably a duck. Totally. And that's the case with Morrissey. He's There's been too many fucking... Do you know what I mean? There's no smoke without fire. There's been too many times... Completely. Yeah, we know. We, we know that. his... And completely now, now, he's just come out and said, yep. This is what I'm for. Again, just to reiterate, the political party he thinks everyone should vote for was formed by Anne-Marie Waters, who was kicked out of UKIP for being too racist. That's when you know. Uh, It is endorsed by Tommy Robinson, who is a fucking degenerate fascist cunt. Mm -hmm. We are talking about actual... And people over the last few years have been really guilty of saying, you know, someone disagrees with me, Nazi, you're like mm. Hitler, right? Godwin's law, every internet argument will eventually end with someone being compared to Hitler, right? Because mm-hmm. that's the worst standard we can think of. But what that's done is that's really numbed the fact that the, the actual, actual yeah. Nazis are alive and well and they're putting on fucking suits and they're calling themselves identitarians, they're calling themselves free speech activists, and all the while... All they're concerned about is honouring fucking Hitler's legacy by fucking ethnic cleansing and ethnostates. Fuck you, Morrissey, for doing that. You're a fucking cunt. Completely. But can I just, like, devil's advocate here, okay? So Mm -hmm. this is the thing, right? This is going to happen. This has happened many times. And if we look at many people in the past, even, or in now... There's many great people that we perceive as great people or have contributed a great amount to art or culture yeah. or whatever. And they also have this other th- thing, this p- yeah. other part of them, this yeah. horrible side. Yeah. Right? So, does that not just mean then, so, <laughs> these people are built up and put on this pedestal of sort of greatness or superiority and then mm-hmm. the reality comes crashing in. Like, oh, actually, this person's a fucking, you know, Chris Brown's a fucking woman beater, Morrissey's a fucking racist, John Galliano hates Jews, you know, like, so all these things kind of, we're we're just sort of almost waiting for them to happen. I think it, it really is, we need to start considering how you know, what how we actually raise people up, Mm. and then the, the kind of context of that. Like, ultimately, no matter who you are, like, you know, <laughs> we're saying this because we think these things are horrible. I'm sure there's a lot of 
Nazis that were maybe a fan of someone who if someone comes out and speaks against this, they're like, "Oh no, I'm so disappointed." Oh, I can't believe Miley Cyrus turned on us, guys. Yeah, totally. Well, good thing Taylor Swift's never done it. Hey, eh? she's still there for the Nazis. That is true. Mm-hmm. That is complete. Well, what I'm saying is, I think we need to consider how we build people up, and maybe these people should never be put in these positions. Of sort of superiority. On one hand, I'm happy to know that Morris is a racist because I don't. I, I want to know that so I can not support him. Completely. But on the other hand, I also do see where you're coming from because I think without celebrity, this wouldn't have been such an issue. And oh, and I know I'm. This is. I, I, please don't get me wrong. I I hate when people say like, "No, you just shouldn't have." Because I, I right. What I'm saying is very uh, idealistic and like, of course, celebrity. And from the beginning of time, people have always been heightened above their station mm. whether it be through power or fighting ability or wars won or whatever but I guess it's just in the extreme way that we do it now the extreme way that we build people up like do you know what I'm really shocked over the whole aunt aunt from Ant and Dick yep driving thing now I don't I don't watch I don't ever watch British TV we don't have TV in this so, yeah, house we, we actually TV. read books so no we don't we watch yeah, we Korean watch Korean dramas on the internet, but yeah, we don't have an so, actual TV thing. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm, I'm aware of his work. I was a fan in Biker Grove, yeah. and they're very oh, early don't in the eyes, go get Jeff. <laughs> no, it was like, I'm blind, I'm blind, Jeff. <laughs> go that get was, Jeff. Oh, that was a really touching moment at that moment when he that became was, blind. Yeah. But anyway, people, like, love them. Yep. And then he got caught drink driving. I mean, I don't really even know that much details about this because, again, obviously I don't read the Daily Mail or watch TV, so why? But yeah. I know that he got caught drink driving. I just feel like people are like, are act are reacting very strongly. Now, I completely think drink driving is a really horrible offence. Mm-hmm. And I think it should be handled strongly. But what I think is weird about this is. It's shocking to me the way they're like crucifying him when I don't think that happened. It just seems people pick and choose yeah. what they're going to have an issue with. Oh, and I guess high, that's The higher you are, the further you've got to fall. We're, oh. lo- we're looking for a minute, a tiny flaw or a chink in any celebrity's armour. Not the racial slur, sorry. A, a hole in someone's armour with to, to like be like, aha, I knew it. Uh, Do you know what I mean? But, but like in a way we became kind of rabid dogs over it though. Like, it needs to be a bit more rational about it. He committed a horrible crime but yep. by drink and driving. It's a very dangerous thing to do. Mm-hmm. He should pay the fine or go to jail or whatever the punishment is. And he should completely reflect on his actions and work to make amends, whether mm. it be community service, whatever. The, mm. He should pay for that as a period. But, like, I don't feel like people need to, like... We don't need to bring back, like, flogging in yeah. public flogging because... And and Dick did a drink driving. Like it's a really dangerous thing. People can obviously be hurt, and you know people are killed by drink drivers every year. It's also in my mind if someone is as kind of wealthy and privileged as 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 he is, um, still is doing something so stupid and reckless. Bit of a cry for help. Probably needs a bit of assistance. I know. I Mm. I believe he actually has drinking problems. Yeah. Which is kind of why. But this is the thing we'd be we're happy to hang him out to dry. You know, the- but yeah, there's plenty of other celebrities that have done horrible things that I'm just like Chris Brown did what he did. Mm-hmm. He has a fucking documentary about his life on Netflix. Yeah, that was done after all this. Yeah, and I'm like, God. Uh, do you remember I mean? Usher had to apologise for criticising Chris Brown? Yeah. The 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 
the community, the music community, like came and was like, "Hey, Usher, that was out of line that you criticised, you know, fucking ab- abuser Chris Brown." I think we just need to be a bit more rational with it. Mm. Like everyone needs to be held to the same standards. Yeah, that's what I actually really like that about Korean c- celebrities. Uh-huh. When when a Korean celebrity, like one Korean celebrities, are much better behaved, yes. purely for if you do fuck up. Like, you do actually run the risk of your career being gone. Yeah, and well, I know that it, might yeah. sound weird, considering what I just said about Ant. But what I mean is, it's the same for everyone. It's quite uniform, yeah. It's, it's like, very uniform. Yeah, you, fuck, you drop Like, no all, matter who you are, if you, if you do something that's deemed unacceptable in that society, then no matter how famous you are, no matter how much money you have, you are fucked. And you need to, like, be on TV apologising, take time away to say you're reflecting... Do all this shit. Give like, the deepest bow because there's different levels of bowing. You better be on your hands and knees with your forehead on the floor if you fuck up, motherfucker. Right? And it's like the, no one escapes that. No one at all. And didn't they used to have that TV show, Healing Camp or whatever Healing it was Camp, called? Yeah. Which is where celebrities would come on to apologise. Yeah. Well, that wasn't what that whole show was about. Oh, was it not? No, the whole show's more about... It's not just about... More about celebrities sort of talking about dark times or th- things that were hard. But was it, it was used quite often for celebrities uh, yeah. to offer like a public apology. And yeah, like this person got taken. caught with drugs and they'd have to come on and apologise and explain and how it affected them and how mm. what they've done to make amends and it's a whole big thing. But in a way, what I like is it's that uniformity for everyone. And so in a way, the celebrities aren't actually as... You know, for example, see like a celebrity there... They can't be seen treating people badly because then that would affect their image and they would have to, you know, they would get negativity for that. So they have to be careful of that. Whereas Justin Bieber can say he doesn't hug hug fans anymore. Mm -hmm. And that's just fine because he is at this level of like superstar status that is too much. And that's the problem. We in the West put people too high. Oh, yeah, we do. We do. Well, that's what I was trying to say before. Like we have this idea of like celebrity, where, and I, you know me, I hate meritocracy. I hate it. I hate the idea that You know me. If I know one thing about one, Dave. You know, one, if people say one thing about us that Dave, he fucking hates meritocracy. <laughs> I think that the idea that someone's value is measured on their ability or skill is bullshit, and that, that's also for fascists. Different podcast, however. But um, I do think that we've got this, This that we do have a bit of a duty to like elevate people in positions of culture and art who are capable not because of who they are as a person, mm. not because we want to fuck them or be them, but because they have this contribution. And that immediately, you know, but giving people a level playing field for which to create, you know, taking away class or gender or race barriers or anything like that is a great way to, you know, make art inclusive. And at the same time, if you're if you're famous for your art because of the quality of it, then we don't have to worry about ableism or racism or sexism or homophobia or anything like that. Mm. And, and it just takes that out of the situation. But instead, we're so micro-focused on the individual, the the, the personality, the cult of personality around, mm-hmm. around a celebrity. Well, you know, we want to see fucking Justin Bieber's admittedly huge hog swinging about on a balcony mm. uh, rather than care that fucking baby is, you know, a drivel, despite the fact that Justin Bieber's newer music is actually excellent. But there's there's so much more to art and culture that we just don't have because we sell. It's, it's all it's all fucking monetized. We sell the idea of a person. But I think that's, and that's the why point I think the, we elevate them so much. And that's why the Morrissey thing is so kind of shocking, you know, because it's like ultimately it's this it's this huge figure mm. of music, 
And now the reality is disappointing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because the reality is, yeah, is he one of the best lyricists of all time? Yeah. Does he make, has he made and has he been part of a group that have made some of the greatest music of all time? Yes. But he is also a fucking racist. Because that's the thing. People can be two things. Mm-hmm. You know what they say? Hitler really liked dogs. Right. Question. What do you feel about separating art from the artist? <sighs> I don't know. And it's something that I like have you touched on it earlier. You yeah. Did. And I just, I guess I just don't know. Part of me I like... I also don't know. This is a terrible subject for us to talk about. I, well, I don't know what... The, I don't think anyone really knows the answer. I have gone back and forth on Me so too. Like, can years. I just say, see, before the Chris Brown thing, I was such a huge fan of Chris Brown too. Yeah. God, I feel like I pick a lot of terrible people to like. You love Gary Glitter. I mean, I actually still really love that song. Which one? What be in my I mean, gang? what other Gary Glitter song would I be talking uh, about? Leader of the Pack, uh, something, something rock and roll. Do you remember it's in the Spice Girls movie? Every time I'm like, ugh. Gary Glitter had at least three songs, by the way. Anyway. Try to judge me. Anyway. Mm. Yeah, so, like, oh, I don't know, it's hard I mean, I was even thinking that when we were watching Drag Race, mm. I kind of feel different, slightly differently towards RuPaul. Yeah. Especially now he's came out, you know, when he was talking about, oh, yeah, you know, drag, you know, being inclusive. But I'm like, you fucking liar. So what's difficult, right, is that I completely see where you're coming from with that. I also feel the same about mm. it, right? But I hate to borrow from a meme, but there is no ethical consumption under capitalism. Completely. There is no book. There is no item of clothing. There is no film. There is no food that you can eat without hurting someone at some point down the supply chain. And we just accept that. It's been normalised. And it's the thing, like, it doesn't matter, like, whether it's the pure greatest, most inclusive, incredible director creating a, a film or this amazing like fucking LGBT uh, black disabled musician creating a bit of music the structure of late capitalism is such that there's always going to be someone hurt by the supply chain there's people mm-hmm. going to be underpaid or exploited and the, the environment is going to be damaged and there's going to be someone somewhere getting very rich off someone else's labour that is a fact it will always be like that so there's inherent moral or mm. questionable morality to everything that we consume. So there's yeah. obviously, we, we, we're able to put aside a certain amount of our morality when we consume things because that's been normalised. So to what extent does a celebrity or a creator of art, music or culture have to fuck up for us to be like that strong? Because let's be honest, we're not going to, no one's going to go on YouTube and listen to Gary Glitter. I get, right, but totally, right? But I guess the thing is as well, with a lot of, the, a big issue that I have is, okay, see, for example, in the future, it's mm-hmm. kind of easy. Like, see, for example, if you had never known or listened to Morrissey, mm-hmm. you probably aren't going to seek him out if no. you're like, fuck this guy, he's a racist, right? No. But, as for people who, that a lot of the time it's it's given up something in your past. Yeah, true. Like I know a lot of people who Smiths or Morrissey songs mean a lot to mm. people. Like how many funny fucking people probably have lyrics tattooed on oh, them? Oh my God, like so many. And it's just like those things may mean a lot to you. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, I'm, I'm part of that. I think you're yeah, part of that too. Yeah, me too. And like, it's like, that's I think the harder thing because it's um, I guess it's so easy to say, this person's cancelled, like, fuck this person. Yeah. But when it means something, it, that pe- part of that person's 
legacy or whatever means so much to you. It's, mm. it's kind of harder to get that from your past. And that's why I think the, 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 the question of can we separate these people isn't as easy as yes or no, because mm. I guess it, every case is in, is, should be based on an individual basis. And yeah. let's face it, it's the severity of what that person's doing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, I don't know. It's very complicated. I think it, it should be down to every person to decide what their standard is. Yeah, personally, because... I'm like I will, I will take. I mean, I, I, I'll, I'm, I haven't been on Spotify in a few days, but I'm probably going to dump the Smith songs out of there because every time I hear it, I, I remember. It's like when you were saying mm. about watching Drag Race, and it is, it is a little bit tarnished for me because I just and think, not that I'm on any way the level saying that RuPaul is on any way the level of. What Morrissey's done, no, or even there's, there's lots Chris of, there's, Brown. There's Fifty Shades of Grey. But yeah, you know, for example, I think Chris Brown is an insanely talented human being. Yeah. But yeah, I can't, I can't just, I can't. You can't support an abuser. No, I can't. And you know, that's the problem. And it, But I guess, for example, if I, I mean, again, the Morrissey and the Smith did mean a lot to me, but so does a lot of things. Mm. But to someone, someone out there may hate this this revelation, this yeah. certainty of what Morrissey, this is what we suspected him of for a long time. But maybe Morrissey and the Smiths was all they mm. had. Yeah. That was their one and only. Well, it's way harder for them to give that up, isn't yeah. it? I think it's a lot easier as well to to kind of forgive someone like that if the person responsible actually, you know, takes some responsibility for their actions, shows a bit of contrition, mm. um, goes out of their way to maybe right some wrongs. To sh- to show the world they're like to learn publicly. I know. I'm trying to think of anyone that's done that, I, but we haven't because because people have this way of like as soon as they're criticised, they fucking circle the wagons. You know, Morrissey is now insulated. He will not hear a word. He already has it in his head that the pure feminazis and the loony left are coming to pure take away his British identity, and it's not racist. It's just to do with overpopulation and whatever other fucking stereotypical bullshit fascist excuses there are. Mm. He's got them in his head, and he will not move from it. Because as soon as we're questioned on our shitty beliefs and our privilege, we freeze, we get defensive, and then it's pure emotion. You're emotionally hijacked at that stage, effectively. Mm. And you'll... Like, you could be tricked into dying on whatever fucking stupid hill. Like, you make an offhand comment about how, like, I don't know, fucking neon green pants are cool, and someone's like, shut up, you idiot. You will go to your fucking death being demanding that neon green pants are the best thing. That's me, a terrible me example. Me personally. Yeah, you personally. You love those neon green pants. You never <laughs> shut up about them. Are you using pants in the British term, like underwear, or pants in the American term? Which would be funnier? No, I don't know. I guess pants underwear, but underwear like, I don't is. know. Lime green, that's such an odd choice. Neon green. Oh, neon green, sorry. Neon green, like fashion. Like pants that have like an, an LED display in the front that say like big boy on them or mm. something like that. Do you know what I mean? Talking about some real classy pants. Anyway. Anyway, the point was that once you're... what People, people are so bad at swallowing their own pride mm. and... You know, being willing to, to see that when and when everyone in the world turns on you and is like, "Yeah, fuck you, you're a racist," Morrissey. You know, maybe you should go. Am I a racist? Am I? That level of 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 self reflection is is so hard when yeah. you're in that. Ultimately, it's that defensiveness. It's yeah. just you can you cannot see. I really wish I could think of someone that's handled that criticism well. I'm 
trying super think. hard to think, but I cannot for if the life of me. If anyone could think of anyone, tweet us. I mean, Jim Davidson showed a bit of it, I believe, when he was in Celebrity Big Brother, but then just went back to being a racist. Who's Jim Davidson? He's a British TV presenter who is a racist. Like, an actual racist. Like, a proper, like, making jokes about black people in his stand-up shows and stuff racist. (laughs) And everyone hated him for a while, and he had a big kind of right-wing following. Then he went on Celebrity Big Brother and seemed to be like, am I I the problem? Mm. Like, he actually seemed to be getting it. Um, But then I think he just fell back off the wagon and became a racist again. That's the only example off the top of my head I can think of. I feel like there definitely is someone, but I just can't think. Who's turned it around? Who's done a bad thing and turned it around? Because I know a lot of people where it's been swept under the rug or just enough time's gone past that people have forgotten about it. Chris mm. Brown, for example. I didn't fucking forget Chris. If you're listening, buddy. <laughs> no, kick your ass. I'm going to fight, fight you, Chris Brown. I'm going to win. Because I've got the power of justice and good on my side. Yeah, I can't think of anyone. Well, let's stop trying to think out loud in the podcast. Yeah, so it's just content. it's just too difficult. I think this 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 idea ultimately is the thing with Morrissey. It's just separating the artist from the from the art, and yeah. I guess I think in every case needs to be seen separately. Yeah, I think like take into consideration like what that person did, and are, even if I you, want to, it's yeah. the thing that we're seeing. It's it's can you. Can you are you are you clinging on to your your allegiance to that person too much? Because part of me doesn't want to give up those mistakes? songs, those old songs. No, but then I don't know if I listen to it. Will it be the same? Is it already ruined? Can we even separate the artist from the artist? Is it just happen without our knowing? Sometimes things just I get tainted, and you're just like, "Oh, well, that's, that's that, fucking ruined." Not that we are like amazing people or anything, because I'm literally like, I look like I live in a fucking bin and I stink and I'm awful. But I do think that we possibly have quite a lot of self-reflection to feel like that. I think a lot of people would just carry on regardless. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not being funny, but there are still people watching Lost Profits videos on YouTube. Really? And if that's not enough to turn you off, then I do not know what is. I mean, the fact that you should never have been listening to Lost Puppets, watching Lost Puppets videos in the first place. Right. Here, here she comes. Oh, I'm nothing. I'm not a goth or a mosher or anything. I just like what I like. I'm really cool. You think you're so cool. You think you're so much better than me because I happened to see the Lost Prophets that one time. I got forced to go. I didn't like them. I did not know he was a fucking paedophile monster. I mean, yeah, but you're right. If that's not enough, like... Yeah. Li- like, fuck. Like, what, where's, where's the line, people? Just have, have a think about it. Really, do you want to support that person? I mean, because every thought. click, every Spotify stream, every YouTube view is putting money in their pocket in some way, shape, or form. Good so, God. Right, next problem. We, is that we're just wrapping that up? I don't just like know. That? I don't know what else to say Are you over about it? it. I just. I don't know. I'm kind of stumped about it. I'm going to do my, my ritual, finish the first problem, wake the computer up to make sure it's been recording this. Because I always get paranoid at this point that it's not. The ritual, because you did it one time. It's a ritual now. It's a ritual. Fuck you. He thinks thinks of rituals all the time. (laughs) It's recording, it's fine. It's okay, everything. We're okay. We're all good. I was going to take control there and have a little Lisa corner, but I didn't know what to say. Oh. Maybe for next time we could think about it in advance. Right. Uh, Listener problem. Oh, we have another listener problem. Yes, we have. Okay, so we have a couple of listener problems we have to work through. A couple more listener problems after that would be really appreciated. So please give us problems. Yeah, please give us your problems. There's people who've said they're going to get problems and they haven't. That's true. So We know who you are. We have you on a list. So 
what are you doing about that? Yeah. And everyone has some sort of problem. It can be anything. Is your cat bullying you? Is your brother an asshole? <laughs> yeah. Is your brother a cat? <laughs> Who knows? Is your gran a Nazi? I don't know what your problems are. Why but, is everyone yeah. a fucking Nazi now? Oh, it's just because we said it. You said it so many times that I just had it in my head. I could have said something else, but you know. Should we should we get on with the yeah. problem? Should we get get you out of this hole that you're digging yourself right <laughs> yeah. now? Okay. <clears throat> okay, here we go. So Do we also love how many times Dave clears <laughs> his throat before he does it? It's my little thing that I do. It makes me feel comfortable about reading out. I'm not I'm not fucking Pac-Man. I'm not I'm not fucking cookie monster eating a cookie. <laughs> Fuck you. So to set the story, I'm a university student in my second year living with three housemates, two girls and a guy. Back in November, one of the girls spoke to me in the living room and told me that her and the other two had signed a contract for a six-bed house with three other guys, including her boyfriend, who she said she didn't want to live with when we were looking at housing last year. She said that they had been at the house of these guys and had been looking at six-bed houses on the TV when the landlord had come in and taken them to one of the houses they had been looking at. Allegedly, the landlord was very pushy and encouraged them to sign for the house then and there. But this girl said that they needed to talk to me. This was on a Thursday. On the Tuesday, the landlord had gone to the guys and said that if two people didn't sign it then and there, the house was gone. The two lads that were there signed for the house. The girl then told me about this two days later on the Thursday without having spoken to me at all before the two lads signed the contract. This left me without anywhere and anyone to live with in third year. Now, this was already a shitty situation, but I felt it was perpetuated when the guy that I lived with walked past me and the girl having this discussion not once, but twice, and didn't even acknowledge my presence, let alone make any effort to apologise for the situation that they had put me in. I have now found a house and housemates, but I'm still feeling incredibly hurt by the portrayal that they caused, and I feel that since November, the relationship I have with these two housemates in particular has been severely affected to the point that every little thing they do has begun to annoy me. I wonder if you had any advice on how I should handle the situation. I only have two months left living with them, but I'm beginning to feel so drained living in the house, which is not helped by the fact they complain about not doing anything, wanting to go places, and then when I suggest we go out to the cinema slash museum slash aquarium, they make excuses and decline my invitation. Do you think this is all a backhanded way of saying they don't like me, or am I reading the situation wrong and they are the dicks? Oh. So, fuck those people. That's such a shit situation. That's so childish and mean. I'm kind of got lost over the details of the so, house. Yeah. So basically, everyone is it everyone from the flat that she's in. So she lives with a couple of people at the moment, and and they're all going to another house. Yeah, basically with other people. I mean, it's so hard to not read into that as such a personal thing. Yeah. But see, from my and okay, my experience, I never really lived with that many people when no. I was a student. Who did I, I lived with? My sister and flatmates, and then flat. I had flatmates. They were all kind of people I was quite close to. Um, so I never really had that kind of random flatmate experience that yeah. a lot of students have. But from my experience from other people I know, 
flatmates and stuff do weird stuff mm. that actually isn't really anything personal that they just seem to fuck pe- pe- each other over in that yeah. weird way. Yeah. I don't know what that is. Like, honestly, if I had, like, a pound for every time someone I knew was in this weird fucking situation that they'd been fucked over and they mm. now had nowhere to live or no one to live with or... Yeah. It honestly happens so often. Way... It's, it's such a weird... Yeah. Like, phenomenon. Yeah, I think, like, there's something about living in a house with kind of friends or acquaintances that turns people into, like real fucking selfish, single-minded assholes a little bit. Right. And, and like, you uh-huh. know, it could be like, you know, one day you come home and there's a pot noodle out in the kitchen and then they're like, yeah, I'm moving out. You have to find someone to fill my room by, even though it's like your best friend. And you're still friends now, but you went through that stage in your life. Because I, I did share with a lot of people. Yeah, you did actually. I lived in a six-bed flat um, for a couple of years with like I just and this is all people I know and I'm acquainted with and there was just this weird rotation it would just be one day someone would be like I'm moving out bye mm. and then a, and a straight as someone else would move in and then we moved out into a, a four bed with a similar group of people and I moved into a three bed after that and eventually when I went to university I lived with Lisa <laughs> Because for the first 26 years of my life, I was living this kind of weird arrested development perpetual childhood. I didn't go to university until I was 26. I mean, part of it really is the age thing is is a big factor. I think, not necessarily age, but more maturity. I think part of it is where a lot of people live together when they're first... A lot of people... And I guess that was another thing that was different for me. I was very used to taking care of myself, even though I couldn't cook. Hmm. But... Like, I live with my sister a lot. You know, we're twins. We've always looked after each other. We didn't really have that, like, oh, first out on our own thing. Mm-hmm. But, you know, this... And I think a lot of people have that, like... Where, where they just, you know, they they they're, they're have this newfound freedom. And along with that, they, they, they don't really know how to maturely handle situations. Mm-hmm. And, like, it just seems like a really immature... And to be honest, she might be the scapegoat. You might be the scapegoat in this situation. Yep. That they are, things aren't going as well for them. And hey, you know what? Living on your own is hard, especially if you haven't done it before. Yeah. And you may be the scapegoat in that situation, but they'll realise that you weren't the problem. Yeah. <laughs> They're the problem. Yeah. Like, what they did, the way that they handled that, right? You could be, like, let's get super real for a minute, right? You could be a terrible housemate. And I've lived with terrible housemates before. People that were loud and dirty and inconsiderate. You could be that person. Yeah, because you don't have, you not put any information about that. Potentially, but regardless of, you could be, honestly, you could be awful, you could be up all hours, like, reading Mein Kampf into a megaphone, and literally the way that they handle that situation is still really cruel and callous and childish. Mm-hmm. They've left you in a really fucking shitty situation. They've left you questioning yourself with no solid answers. And to ignore you when you're having the conversation with your friend is just like real big baby bitch material. But again, I've also, and again, I've, I've known people that have been in that situation. Mm-hmm. Like all their flatmates have sort of fucked them over. And then you think, what is the problem here? Like why, why do they have such a problem with this person? Yeah. And then you realise... Oh, it's no reason at all. Yeah, there is totally. no reason into it at all. A lot of it's just very cliquey. Yeah. People, beca- again, it's very childish. And again, it's that time where people are out on their own yeah. for the first time. They do things in such a weird way. Mm. To be honest, you, the fact that you haven't confronted anyone, you, you, you seem, perhaps you're quite a passive person. Well, the I don't fact know if that's a way. And, and sometimes, 
with passivity means that you do tend to get the kind of blame for stuff a lot. That's true. And I'm not, again, I'm not implying that you've done anything wrong. No, because you absolutely haven't. But that, I think, like, even now, the fact that you're still suggesting, like, things to do and, like, oh, well, you're, you're bored, let's go out. Yes. And they're treating you like that is so contemptible to me that they're doing that. You, to be honest, you're, you've, you've dodged the bullet by not living with these people. Well, but I almost think, in a way, though, it's that nicety. Yeah. Is what's causing them to sort of, again, mm. you're like the easy target in that situation. And it's it's completely unnecessary for them to be like that. Like I don't understand why they need to. Why would you need to be so rude? They don't get it. So, but advice: How does she deal with this situation? Because it's a really fucking shit situation, and it is the worst when you have to live mm. in a house that's uncomfortable, or you're around people, and there's that awkwardness. Yeah, I mean, look, I think like it's good for you to set like just to be, regardless of whether they're responding to you or not. Like, to just set your... Take what you want out of this now. Set your boundaries. What is acceptable to you? What is not acceptable to you? Take this opportunity to just be like, no, fuck them. Like, they've they've very much left you in the lurch and you're entitled to take from the situation what you will. Use the house as you want to. I mean, if you feel, perhaps... I mean, I probably would feel this. I would probably feel the need to, like, have some sort of... Not out with them, but, like, have... Attempt some sort of closure yeah and you know for me i would just be a matter of getting off my chest you know i think you're completely within your rights to express like you just think that's really that they really like fucked you over yeah you don't really understand the reason for the animosity and you think it's fucking childish yeah counterpoint but you may not feel like you want to get that put that out there counterpoint Uh uh-huh Brush the toilet with their toothbrushes. I mean, I would do that also. Oh, yeah, I mean, absolutely. Do dirty warfare also. Like, like really, wildly. Yeah. Go petty. Well, fuck oh, it. Yeah. You're only young once. Enjoy yourself. But. Really fuck with their I mean, shit. I think ultimately, whether you say something to them or not, it won't really change much. Because you know what? People are who they are. And they're going to be fucking cunts if they want to be. And the sad truth is, very little you say will make any difference. Yeah, that's true. I think you need to focus on you mm-hmm. and what you want. So I would start trying looking forward to the future. Yeah. Like, this is just a blip in a weird situation. It's almost, I will say, look, it is a bit of a rite of passage. Like, I've had so many. Everyone I, everyone I know who's lived, like, through all their 20s in various kind of house-sharing situations or flat-sharing situations has had situations like oh, this. Oh, wildly. I know people, I'm in my fucking 30s now. I still know people who live with flatmates and housemates and have these kinds of problems. It's almost like a rite of passage. doesn't make it any easier, and I'm not patronising you by saying that, mm. but it's something that everyone goes to at one point or another. Just I, what I would do is look forward to your new digs. You found some new housemates. You found a new place. The rest of your time there, don't be considerate of your current flatmates. Fuck them. You're- and a lot of it's just difficult as well because, yeah. like, some people are, and a lot of people are just, and again, it's, it, is a, it is a big immaturity thing. A lot of people are just, I lived with someone who mm-hmm. a lot of people hated living with, right? She had a is lot. It me? Not you. No. But they had a lot of problems with past flatmates and everyone said that they were a bit of a nightmare. Mm-hmm. Not again, not that I'm implying that's you, but they. When I lived with them, they were actually not, they were actually fine. Mm. Because I understand, like, what a bad flatmate and what a good flatmate is. Yes. Like, a lot of the time people are just immature. And if you don't completely do things the way they want them, they're Mm. like, oh, I don't like living with that person. Also, if, 
just sort of slightly not off topic, but just a different angle here. If it's a personal thing, then do you know what? This is 2018. This is the year we leave behind fake friends. Yeah, completely. If if it's a personal thing, it's nothing you've done wrong. Some people are just incompatible, and they seem to be the arseholes from yeah, the way I they've hope, treated I the situation. I hope what I'm saying doesn't make the make you feel like I'm implying like you have done something wrong. No, you haven't. We're it's not just from that, that from the letter. All I can assume that there's some that you're kind of being left out or something. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely something up there. Like they're they're acting super. That's a really weird and shitty and childish way to behave. But living with someone is like it's like being in a relationship or being friends with someone. Mm. Some people are just not compatible, and I know people that I am like, how do you live with this person? Yeah. And they just live with the same flatmate for years, I mean, and I'm like, how? It could be something like they have a. I mean, they could potentially have a problem with you but it could just be and this is really common as well they've decided this is going to be our cool cliquey living situation and I think especially the young man that you described there may, young men have a problem with just be a, a, a little bit being like oh well you know if they don't like it fuck it and that's why they don't fucking speak up they're just like it is what it is well, bro plus a lot of the time the, and it's and again it is very immature but the way that cliques and little groups are formed mm. is how those to actually form them you need to do things like exclude people yeah and it may just be that you're unfortunately the unlucky person that is going to be excluded and that's no fucking fault on you but that's what that happens and again that is something that happens at that kind of period in your life because people are immature and these weird things Mm. happen and i really think yeah i think speak to them about it if you feel like that'll make you feel any better yeah but otherwise focus on the future Essentially, focus on thinking about what you yeah. want to do with your new <clears throat> flatmates. Like, think about what you actually want in flatmates. Do you know what I mean? Because mm. you're, you, it's not just about you appeasing other people. It's about you being happy. You coming in with ideas. Mm. You know, I know for me when I lived with some flatmates that I lived with. They had bad situations before and mm. they were very clear in their new house. They wanted it to, like, we had dinner together and we actually, like, did things together, you know? So it wasn't like flatmates, it was more like family. Yeah. And I'm like, that's nice when someone comes in with that. I think a lot of the time it's so living with assholes as a way of you defining what you want out of your living situation as mm-hmm. well. So, okay, so, I mean, first rule for you in this new flat is we fucking need to be honest about what's going on if everyone's got any, making any decisions about moving out or whatever. Also, if people, you don't want people sitting about acting like they're bored and then turning you down for invitations to do things. Essentially, you have every right to be aggrieved by the situation, no matter what caused it, and you're better off without those people yeah, because like they are toxic. fucking spineless, fucking little toxic. cunts. Like, honestly, to act like that, like, don't... And it's, again, it's so hard when you're young, but see, as you get older, you realise, mm. do not waste your time and energy mm. on fucking... Cunts, people that you don't want to be around, that don't give you anything, that just suck the life from you. There's no point. You're think of yourself lucky that you're getting away from it now. Think of yourself. It would be shit if you spent so many more years investing in friendships with fucking assholes. What other people think of you is none of your business. Hope that helps. <laughs> right. Um, should we move on to our yes. last problem? I feel like this one's going to be divisive. Okay, oh God. I'm quite looking forward to it. I hope okay. we just have a full fight over it. Okay. Okay, here we go. Because we haven't really fought yet, and I kind of think I really want us to. 
It'll do it at one point. Like, not I'm not fight, putting it on. fight all the time. I just mean fight on the podcast. Yeah, I'm not putting it on for the sake of this, but I actually think it might happen organically. I'm just going to not clear my... I really need to clear my throat. Do it then, it's fine. <clears throat> Hello from the Caribbean, where it's lovely and gorgeous and the sun is shining and my husband's prime rib flatulence actually caused me to sleep on a chair by the pool last night. So basically, I didn't want to do a cruise. It seemed a little hemmed in and not really my thing, but my husband's parents just got their diamond status and offered to pay for our stay on the ship. We just had to pay airfare. I mean, why'd you have to fly to the ship? Should you just get the ship to pick you up? Idiots. Well, I mean, yeah, that's definitely how cruises work. Yeah, just pick you up in the middle of like mainland America. Anyway, I digress. I can handle a good deal. I actually got excited when I read about some of the excursions and ports. First day on the ship, my husband and I went to a buffet and he had the biggest salad I've ever seen with a measuring cup worth of blue cheese dressing and a slice of prime rib two inches thick which he ate all of including the huge globs of fat and four to five desserts. Oh, she didn't, not that she didn't keep count. He passed out that night. I was hoping for some romance on our private balcony. Balcony on a ship! What's this fucking witchcraft? I didn't really read this through properly. Sorry, I'm fucking going on a journey right now. We stopped in a really neat island the next morning. But he said he had a food hangover and couldn't get up. So I did the beach ATV ride by myself. I got back and there were stacks of plates outside our cabin. I guess he not only ordered room service breakfast, but also went to the buffet. I really wanted him to hang out with me in the gym and pool area, but he said a major cruise tradition for him is to order a BLT and a milkshake and try to find the cheesiest movie he can and relax. So I went to the rock climbing wall, he watched Snow Dogs. <laughs> this is about 24 hours into a 5 day cruise and I was already sick of this. Last night, he had the same prime rib salad and dessert combo, but added probably 30 snow crab legs from... Oh, you know how much I've been craving snow crab, and I want it so bad. 30 snow crab legs with drawn butter as well. I was so grossed out. I went and played poker, and he passed out. When I got to the room, it smelled like he was farting and sweating crab juice, so I came up to sleep on a pool chair. My husband is a very active and in-shape guy and would never act like this at home, so I'm willing to just grit my teeth and get through this and enjoy myself as best I can. Or, do I need to put a stop to this right now? I don't want to ruin his vacation, but obviously we had different expectations and neither of us have addressed this before we left. What should I do here? Why do you think this is going to be so... so? I was really hoping you were going to take her side so I could be like, ah, I'm a big fat snack boy, I like snacks. <laughs> no. Okay, what do you think? I mean, firstly, cruises, yuck. You know, my opinion's on boats. and yep. I don't like boats. Yeah. I don't like so much space, boats, don't like a lot of this You don't thing. like... You, you like land. Big fan of land. Big not fan big on, of land. Not big on planes either. It's because I... Not huge on cars. No. You like being stationary on a flat surface on Earth. <laughs> right. Your favourite To clarify, thing, right? it's because I get like the most insane motion sickness. Like, I have never met anyone with worse motion sickness than yeah. me. I will like get motion sickness on a fucking plane. I like feel like I'm allergic to travelling. Yeah, Lisa it's not does not... Good. Lisa likes to be stationary I, on the ground. You know what? I like to travel by train. It's the only thing that doesn't make me feel sick. Okay. As long as, as you're facing forward. Yeah, got to be facing forward. Yeah. Facing backwards, there's going to be some spewing. 
I mean, I've never really spewed on a train. I've spewed on a bus, plenty of cars. Um, had a really horrifying situation on a boat once to Ireland. It was... I could not fucking stand up on that bitch. It was just really some inner ear problems. But anyway, cruises, gross. And I know people saying you don't get that on a cruise. The only acceptable cruise is the Backstreet Boys and New Kids on the Block cruise. You go there. Yeah, I, to be honest, quite a lot of the themed musician cruises I would be well up for going on. Like the Drag Race one. But anyway. Yeah. Anyway, we digress more. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, this is just... They, they should have really clarified their situation. Yeah. She's been a bit of a fucking moan. And, like, to be honest, see it on a holiday. You know me. I don't really like to, like, sunbathe or anything. I like a real city break, yeah. right? But the first day, at least... Mm. It's just about like getting some food, yeah. watching some movies, like relax, like really like sleeping, yep. adjusting to your new environment. So like she was like right, you know, she was too eager. She was straight off the bat, definitely. But you know, it reminds me of the episode of Sabrina when they go to the ski lodge. Of course, on, it yes. Does. So they go Sabrina Teenage Witch, by the way, the greatest TV show of all time. So they go to the ski lodge on Mars. And Zelda wants to like ski the whole time, and Hilda wants to l- 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 be in the lounge. Right. No, in the like the where the what was it called? Cabin. Yeah, not not the cabin. Mars the, cabin. Like resort. Like okay. So she, Hilda just wants to like sit and she reads magazines and like mm-hmm. has hot chocolate, and then Zelda's just like skiing the whole time, and yeah. they are both completely fine with what each other is doing. Yeah. That's basically what they, this 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 couple needs to just watch that episode and be like, yeah. People yeah. can just do what they want on the holiday. Yeah. I mean, look, I'll be real. If we were on a holiday of any kind and you tried to put me anywhere near a climbing wall, number one, I can't do that. I'm very weak and heavy. <laughs> number two, fuck you. It's a holiday. I don't want to be doing that. The only thing I want to do on a holiday, right, is not set an alarm and sit outside a cafe in a city I've never been to, drinking coffee, smoking cigarettes and looking at people. Yeah, but I mean, there's there's definitely things to do, like when you're on holiday, like you want to like shop, yeah, and go to museums, yeah, a little bit, only for a couple of hours. I but, really like a big. I'm like a a big kind of museum shopper person. It's a sounds big, like you shop in museums exclusively. I actually love a museum gift shop. Like to be honest, with me and Rachel this week. Hey, Rachel! Shout out to Rachel. What up, Rachel? We Woo. went to the. The, like religion museum in Glasgow which yes. is really good if anyone's not been there and we went to the cathedral we were excited about all the, the gift shops yes I love a gift shop I fucking love a gift shop you know me I like a bench yeah that's and a true a quiet spot where I can just look at people yeah I mean I just think it's weird you would think though is this his only tradition when he's on a cruise or is this what he's like during all holidays to be honest she's been a bit of a bitch like, I just feel like he wants to relax, let him relax. Uh, to be honest, I... Okay, If so, you want to do... If she wants to do all that stuff, then she can do it. That's true. Now, I have to say, the crab farts. That's I a, mean, that's about unfortunate. Don't be, don't be filling up no room with the crab farts. That is about unfortunate, and he's been very inconsiderate. I'm not yeah. saying that he has no faults. Also, Snow Dogs, that's the movie you chose. I think that's a pretty good choice, if I'm being honest. Is that the one with Cuba Gooding Jr., and he has to, to ride the, the slate... 
Is that what that's about? Is that a rhetorical question? How the fuck would I know? I don't know. You, I, you know. you know about fucking terrible why films. Why do I know about this? I've definitely I, just I only seen... know about high culture. Oh. Really? <laughs> really? Yeah. Is that true? What's your favourite film? Harald and Kumar <laughs> get the munchies. Yes. Second favourite film, François Truffaut's seminal classic Day for Night or La Nuit Americaine in the native French. <laughs> so, what's up now, bitch? Yeah. I'm cultured. Um... <laughs> Yeah, snow dogs. Yeah, so Good that choice. that seemed like a bad choice, and I mean, he's really, I mean, his 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 food choices are weird. He seems to have a weird. Is he regressed to like a time where he felt safe when he ate that one meal on the so, cruise before? He's very adamant about that one. meal. I've extrapolated a lot of information from this. Now okay. his parents have achieved what this lady called diamond status, where they got to go on a cruise. So I'm assuming that means they cruise quite a lot. Right. So yeah, I'm assuming that makes he's sense. been with them on the cruises since he was young. So in his head, he's actually got in this kind of feedback loop of living the same holiday through. So that's probably like an adult version of the same holiday he had when he was a kid. Ah, that that's why he watched sense. Snow Dogs. That's why he ate all those uh, crab legs and those. Because steaks. when he was a kid, he could eat all that, and yes. he wanted to eat. Probably what yes. you wanted to eat as an adult. Oh, but and if he's I, just reliving if I, that same holiday. as an adult, yeah. If I was, if I was on the cruise when I was an adult, I'd eat this amount of steak with all this blue cheese, you know, because my mum told me I couldn't, and yeah. I eat this minute. And now he's an adult. He's like, what's up? Yeah, what's up, mum? You're gonna eat this these dirty crab legs with drawn butter. What's drawn butter? I don't know. I didn't Is know like what that was. Butter? I think it's like you know my butter. obsession because on this one Korean show we watch. They always eat crabs, and I'm like really obsessed with eating snow crabs, and I don't yeah. even really know what snow crabs are. I know. And I don't understand how to eat them, and you eat them with butter, that seems gross. But yeah, I'm I'm actually very uncultured when it comes to any sort of shellfish, to mm. be honest. But s- crab farts? Yeah, I mean, the crabby farts, that's kind of gross and inconsiderate. Money. I just can't even consider what that would even but be like. I, kinda, I can't decide what's more inconsiderate. Is it A, getting the meat sweats and doing crab farts in the like romantic cabin you've got with your wife or is it B taking your active husband on holiday and being like let's go on all terrain vehicles and climb climbing walls and go to the gym hi let's go to the gym like it's five she fucking days she wanted to hang out with the gym, the gym it was the second day it was the second day she wanted to hang out with the gym like it's day two she Get seems the worst she does seem like a real stick in the mud also you know like in a way, you know how she's saying, oh, they didn't, okay, they didn't discuss this, right? Which yeah. they clearly didn't. No. And he clearly had his ideas, but she very clearly had her ideas too. She did, and she didn't discuss them you either. Know what she, yeah, and so to be honest, mm-hmm. they're just as, how have they been together for a decent amount of time? Because lots of people don't and communicate. And holidayed separately. Lots of, couples, lots of couples are just like, if you took a jar and put two bumblebees in it and they just bounce around the side, occasionally they'd knock into one another. That's most, most couples. Mm. Not like you and me, Lisa. We're tight as fuck. Mm. We talk about all this shit. We're amazing. I just feel like that would come up, like your holiday, your plans. It should come up. That's the you should. Com- that's the advice to the, to this couple in particular. You need to communicate a lot more. Do you know what? That holiday's a write off. You are not going to drag his like adolescent psyche out of that bed. He's in there doing the crab farts for the duration, right? You're just going to have to leave him. You're still on a cruise. You can still have a lovely time on your own because that's the sort of thing that you like. To be honest, cruises I think are kind of perfect for because a lot of people go on them on their own. Yeah. To make some new friends. Yeah. You're on a cruise. There's probably a bunch of really active pensioners I bet you there's, can befriend. No, there will be some really iconic divorces. Yes. Or like in there, there, there will be. Really I wasn't iconic. being sarcastic. Pensioners can sometimes rule. I don't mean just because you're a divorcee doesn't mean you're a pensioner. Pensioners. There'll be pensioners too. Go, you could go take a samba class. Horny divorces. You could go play 
craps. Is that what it's called? Craps? Crabs? Yeah, cra- cr- craps. Craps? I don't know. Shuffleboard. That's a thing, isn't it? <laughs> People do play that on boats. Yes. What else could you do? You, they have cinemas and shit in some of these boats. Yeah, it's a it's a really big boat. You've got cinemas, ice hockey rinks. I mean, if you... Uh, yeah. You've got roller discos. Uh, I'm making this up now. I don't know what's on a cruise ice ship. I've never been on discos. one. I know they have, like, wave things. You know, you could, like, learn how to surf by, like, a fake wave that's great. How shit is that that you're in the middle of the sea and you have to throw it in a fake wave? Well, I mean, if you want to go jump off the boat... Hell yeah, that, that's a suggestion. Do fucking cannonball off the side of the boat. That'd be rad as fuck, and everyone would respect you. <laughs> and you'd be dead. No, you wouldn't, because you could get you could you could they could just tell them you're going to do it in advance. I mean, uh, to be honest, I just don't really care about their white fucking white people nonsense problems about their cruise. Yeah, that's true. I don't care about people that go on cruises because fuck you and your cruise. A cruise to me is some of the most privileged nonsense. The like, only cruise I care about is Tom Cruise because he's a Scientologist, and that's my religion now. I haven't actually mentioned Scientology. In a yeah, long I thought time. I'd just give you an opportunity to talk about Scientology, see if we can get attacked by fucking Thetan rays more or whatever. I haven't talked about it in a really long time. We still haven't watched Battlefield Earth. No. We should do a, a watch along. That's what? a thing that like successful, famous podcast people do. Hey, we're going to do a live stream us watching Battlefield Earth. Why don't you guys tune in? We can have some fun together. <laughs> Is that a thing? Interactive uh, film watching. I don't know, maybe. I'm be. really good at actually like commenting to things that I watch. It's like when I watch YouTube videos and get really angry and shout at them. Yeah. I also do that when I watch my stories, which are my Korean dramas, You're also which I shout a lot. Always commenting when I'm trying to bend over and put my socks on in the morning. You're always giving me sly comments. What? what? You watch me struggle to get dressed in the morning. That was the joke. Oh, was that the joke? You didn't land. Didn't land. Oh, that's because you ruined it. Didn't land. Didn't it. land. It was awkward. And I was talking more about when I comment, like that time I found that girl who was a candle vlogger, and I was obsessed with this. You do love a candle vlogger. She had so many videos. Why would you fucking take your time to make videos about that? And there was so many, and people watched them. What were the rich white teenagers as well that had the thing? Oh. Becky and Becky. Becky and Becky. Becky and Becky. No, we just named them that. They actually weren't called that. I think it was like Becky and something. And they were just these two, like honestly, I swear to God, like children of the corn motherfuckers. Right. Hey right? guys, we're going to school no, today. No, they weren't like that. <laughs> no, they were like, oh, I'm just so random. Oh, I I put badges on my back. Hey guys, it's Independence Day, so my mom put stars and stripes on my jeans. No, so they were like... Yeah, so she, you know, they were like, were they twins or sisters? And they were like, I'm just random because, yeah, so I put like badges on my backpack because I'm just crazy like that. And they they had this like crazy white privileged life that didn't exist. Like one, right, this is how privileged they were and how fucking insane. One of their friends came for a sleepover and they actually had a bed put in the room, an actual bed, like a separate bed for the person to stay for that one night. Who knows where that bed went after? In the bin, probably. But I mean, probably just set it on fire in the back garden just to make sure poors couldn't have it. And then they were all like, "Oh, this is our prom," and they had like a a pre fashion show for their prom. Oh, I was so vocal during that. I just like yes. <coughs> maybe that should be in the next podcast. <coughs> well, let's find think. a way to do that. Okay. Until then. Until then. Until then, we done. Ah, uh, I've went on another rant again towards the you end. You said you weren't going to do this, but there you go, you <sighs> fucked it. Like oh, the last minute. Because you brought up Becky and you Becky. Joked. Hey, I like Becky and Becky. And the candle vloggers. I like them. 
Look up candle vlogs. Yeah, There's that's a thing. Really, People real do passionate that. Candle reviewers out there. Well, uh, first uh, I thought this it was one's a really good candle. It's purple well, I and it's it made of wax. Well, I thought it was a joke from that Scream am, uh, Queens. You know that TV show Scream Queens. At least I'm trying to do a candle vlogger <laughs> impression. You're kind of biting my shit right now. Yeah. So anyway, that TV show Scream Queens. They they had a candle vlogger, and I thought, no, it's not a fucking real thing. And yeah, it is a real thing. And they blog and they like sniff them really hard. It's all about the different smells and the burning quality. Mm. I mean, who fucking knows? God, talk about a waste of time. Like, think everything, literally anything, doing anything, doing anything is better than yeah, doing that. You stab all the candle vloggers. <laughs> okay, guys, uh, tune in next week when I'm going to be reviewing a big purple candle. Okay, love you. <laughs> love, love you. you. Bye. Love you. Bye. I've been walking in the rain just to get wet on purpose. I've been forcing myself not to forget just to feel worse I've been getting away with it all my Oh, man.